You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Today we're concluding a series and we're just excited to have you here for this. We're talking about when faith walks out. That sometimes when we have a relationship with God, sometimes through different circumstances, whatever the reason, that people will say yes to a relationship with God, but then they kind of make the decision to no longer have a relationship with Him. Maybe their faith is challenged. Maybe they have some doubts or insecurities. Maybe you've kind of find yourself there. And we kind of understand this idea because when we get something new, it's exciting, right? Maybe you've even felt this as a mom sometimes. When you become that new mom, it can be exciting. It's a pretty intimidating, but after a while, you know, changing a couple diapers, and oh, it's, it's kind of cute, and oh, look at the little poop in their diaper, and then after the 17th blowout, it's not so cute anymore. And we can really go through that with all kinds of things. It's pretty natural in life to kind of things just lose their luster over time, or even if you've heard it said it, the honeymoon's over, right? That everything is now grating and grinding on us. And the same thing can happen in our relationship with God. That if we're not truly invested, we can totally be dictated by our feelings and be infatuated with our relationship with God at the beginning. But we've got to move from that to love and commitment. Why? Because love and commitment are a choice. We might not always feel like it, but when we say yes to relationship with God, God gives us free will to choose. And then we have to choose to continue to stay in that relationship, to continue to grow in our faith, to continue to say yes and say, our yes is love for you. And our love looks like obedience because we know that you care about us. And so now I care about the way that you've asked me to live. And we've really been unpacking this idea that, that sometimes when, when people walk away from God, it can become an incredibly painful thing. Maybe you've even found that. Maybe you're, maybe you're a mom watching today and, and you've, you've felt the sting of a child walking away from God. I just want to encourage you and let you know that we serve a God who is a God of the prodigals, basically saying that God is welcoming sons and daughters back home. I just want to even encourage you to never stop praying and believing for your children. I've seen God answer some pretty amazing big prayers, and I've seen God move in people's lives in, in awesome ways, and I've seen people come back and surrender their life to God. But if we're being honest, it can be incredibly painful to see a friend, see a family member, see someone that we care about walk away from their relationship with God. And we've been unpacking this idea over the last couple of weeks of, on why that happens. And there's so much more than we could co- possibly talk about in this series. But we've been unpacking some of the reasons that happens and some of the things that we can do when we're challenged in our faith to stay strong in our relationship with Him. We've gone on this premise that, honestly, everybody has doubts. Everyone has insecurities from time to time. Everyone wrestles with their relationship with God. Everyone had sometimes seems like, man, it just would feel a lot easier to walk away from all this God stuff, from this Jesus stuff, to just put it in neutral, do my life, and just be like, oh, I don't have to deal with that anymore. You've probably felt that tension a few times, and that's natural. And we've said this over and over again in this series, that God is big enough to handle your doubts and your insecurities, that God isn't put off by them. He's not angry at you. Matter of fact, God wants you to bring those to him, that he's big enough to handle it. And we've been saying this every week that when our faith walks out, God walks in. 
That God isn't too insecure, that he is not angry at you, he doesn't hate you, he's not mad at you. God loves you and he wants relationship with you. And so as we unpack this and we, we talk about this and some of the reasons that people walk away from God, we've been really talking about some of these things. Uh, in the first week, we really began to unpack the idea of religion versus relationship. This idea that we can't just simply be in a religious relationship with God. It's not just simply about going through the motions and going through the routine and just checking the boxes, but that God wants relationship with you. Then we begin to talk about last week how we can't just simply trust our feelings, that many times our feelings can deceive us and they can lead us down the wrong path. And in the moment, it felt like the right thing, but often later we find out it was pretty much the wrong move. The same thing is true in our relationship with God. We can't let our feelings dictate our relationship with Him. We've got to let our choice and our trust be in Him. As I was preparing for the message this week, I was remembering one time, and I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you needed some help, but you were kind of alone and you were trying to do it on your own. And I know maybe guys can be a little bit more stubborn and bullheaded with this, where we're going to get something done, even though, I <laughs> am I the only one who has opened the instructions before, you know, and it says like, this is a team project, or it has a little icon on the box where like, team lift, like one person shouldn't lift this. <laughs> and you see it as a challenge, instead of it being like a recommendation, be like, oh, I, I I probably shouldn't lift this till I get some help. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Two people on that box. I got this, right? It's, I don't know. It's just like a macho guy thing that we think we can just do it on our own and, and not need the help. And I don't know, ladies, sometimes that might be true for you as well. But there's been a few situations that I have been in where I probably should have waited for some help or done seeing th some things a little bit differently. I remember this one time. Years ago, I was working a job and I was installing audiovisual equipment. And this is back in the day when flat screen televisions had just come out. Now today, your flat screen's pretty light, I and mean, you could just kind of hang that thing up on the wall by yourself, pick it up. Back in the day, those things weighed as much as a Mack truck. I don't know what they were putting in them, they must have been made of lead, but they were so incredibly heavy. And so I get sent out at this job on the opposite side of the state, it is the middle of the night, it's at this um, college, they let me in at night, there's no one even there, they just kind of let me in the door, they leave in this big building, no one's there, middle of the night, I'm installing these two TVs on this wall by myself. I I open the boxes up and I'm like, okay, this isn't too bad until I have to manhandle these bad boys out of the box, lift them onto the wall in their mounts. And there is no, I mean, come on guys, I'm not that big. I mean, you're looking at me and you're thinking, Brian's probably pretty strong. I know it looks and be deceiving. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Jack, but just trust me. I was struggling with these TVs and I'm thinking, this is my job. This is my responsibility. What I should have done is text my boss or called them. Cause I don't even know if we were texting back then. I think we were. And I should have said, hey, I probably need to wait till tomorrow because I'm going to probably hurt myself or break this TV or break me and the TV. Um, but I didn't. What I did is I did what any guy in that situation would do. I got an A-frame ladder out. I put it on one side of the TV and I just slowly started walking that ladder, that TV up one rung of the ladder at a time until I precariously got it up against the wall and just pushed myself underneath it and got my weak little twig body to bench press the TV and just finally catch the hook on the mount and get that TV on there. I know I made it look easy in that moment, but after that moment, after getting one TV on there, I was winded laying on the ground. I about killed myself trying to hang that TV. The worst part was, is that was only the one of two that I had to hang right next to each other. 
it was a terrible situation. I, I should have not put myself in that. I was alone. I figured I, I had it, that I was going to get it done. It was just a terrible situation. I needed help, but I was alone. Have you ever been there where you needed help or you just needed help with a project or something else and an extra hand would have just made all of the difference? Like tying the little ribbon and the other person puts their finger. Has that ever happened? Is that just something that happens in the movies? Like where you're tying a ribbon and you're like, can you place your finger here? Who, who does that? I mean, I don't even think we buy ribbons that are untied. We just buy the little packaged one with the sticky thing on it that never sticks and it always falls off. Anyway, I don't know if you've ever been there. Have you ever needed help? Have you ever needed someone to come alongside of you? And, and sometimes it can be lighthearted. And maybe you have a story where you tried to do something on your own and it didn't work out. Maybe you're thinking of some examples and some stories you're like, nah, I tried to do something once by myself and that didn't turn out too well. And thankfully I was by myself and no one found out. Or maybe it ended up being a big deal and everyone knew. What were you thinking? Why didn't you wait for someone to help you? Some of you probably got some great stories and I would love to hear about those. And it can be lighthearted. But honestly, sometimes it can be a pretty painful thing. There were a few times in my life where I was going through very difficult things and I was going it alone. I was going it without friends. Matter of fact, I tend to be a little bit more introverted than extroverted, not extremely, but eventually people will drain me and wear me out. And that's the difference between an extrovert and introvert, right? Introverts are kind of drained by people and extroverts are recharged by people. Neither is right or wrong. It's just how God wired us and we're all different. But I had to learn that I needed people in my life. And I had to learn that people wanted me to be in their life. Because so many times I just felt like a burden. I felt like I was going to inconvenience them. And, and so much of my life I would live without having the help or support of other people. It was such, so many dark moments, so many times where just like I'm trying to lift that TV, that life became so much more difficult because I didn't have people in my corner. But I can tell you all the difference in the world that it began to make when I begin to pull back that veil, when I begin to put the effort into building relationships, when I begin to allow people in my life. And as we talk about this idea of, of, of walking away from God, of when faith walks out, this is something I believe is so key and so important to this conversation. See, it's the difference between going it alone and going it together. See, that God designed life to be lived together. And God designed this Christian faith to be done together. It's not just simply about doing our own thing and it's just me and God and forget everyone else and let the whole world go burn and go to hell and forget everyone. No, that's not what God wants at all. That God desires us to be in relationship, to be connected with each other. Now, I know sometimes this is where there can be a little bit of a rub because the extroverts hear this message and they're like, yeah, like I'm just gonna love someone. You're like looking on the couch, someone right now, like we need each other. We're in this. We have to hang out. The pastor said we have to spend time together. Come on. And then the introverts are like dying inside of being like, I don't need anyone. I don't want to look at anyone. Matter of fact, if you're in the living room with me, don't even make eye contact with me right now. You know who you are. Some of you actually just needed a break at home and you walked out on the deck because you're like, I can't even handle being around my family. And so what happens is many times we can let our personality drive us. But here's what's true. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, just because you're recharged, you're drained about around people, we still need people in our life. And that doesn't mean that if you're extroverted, you could be extroverted and be the life of the party and not have deep and meaningful relationship just because you like being around people. And the same thing is true on the opposite side of the spectrum. If you're incredibly introverted, that doesn't mean that you can't have deep, meaningful relationship with others. You just might be more selective on who that is. 
Matter of fact, I, I know sometimes in seasons in my life that I was a little more quiet and withdrawn and people would be so surprised to be like, oh, Brian talks or Hey, we see you talking on stage all the time, so you must be a raging extrovert. Well, I'm, I'm not. God has a sense of humor, and I'm a little bit more introverted, but I get on stage and talk in front of people, where in this instance, I talk in front of a camera, and just even with my introvertedness, feeling kind of sad and missing all of you right now, you could probably go ahead and throw up that new cares emoji on Facebook right now if you're watching to let me know that you're feeling me and that you, you care, but we need each other. God called us, created us to be in relationship with one another. That we can't go through this life, we can't go through these relationships. Matter of fact, our relationship with God is really, really dependent on us being in relationship with others. They're like, man, that's a pretty big statement. We'll take a look at what it says in Ecclesiastes 4, starting in verse 9. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. Some of you, some of you married couple are like, that's my life verse right there. Lying next to each other, keep each other warm. Come on, Bible says to do it. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There are even, three are even better. Why? Because a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, this verse in Ecclesiastes, this passage is reminding us how important it is that we are in relationship with each other, that we are on, in on-purpose, intentional relationship with other Christ followers. Why? Because your faith will be challenged. There will be times where you have doubts and insecurities. There will be times when you are wrestling with the big questions about your faith and relationship with God, and you've got to have some other people, like it says here in Ecclesiastes, that have your back. Friends, here's what I know to be true. The enemy wants to isolate you. He wants to get you alone. He wants to take you out. Matter of fact, the Bible even describes him like a lion, like a predator who is out trying to get his prey. And what, what do predators do all the time? I mean, come on, someone, you've seen some of these nature videos. You've seen some of these documentaries. They, they isolate the animal, right? Whatever they're hunting, they want to get him away from the herd. They want to get him away from the safety of the group and the pack. They want to isolate him. Why? Because they know if they get him alone, they've got a great chance of taking them out. The same thing is true when it comes to our relationship with God. See, the enemy wants nothing more than to divide and to break relationship. He wants nothing more to get us alone and isolated and away from the other people who we need to do this relationship with God with. That God designed us to be around each other and he knows that if he can get us away from others, that he knows if we're isolated and alone that he can attack and take us out. Don't be deceived that there is an enemy who doesn't want you to have a relationship with God and he will do whatever it takes to get you by yourself to take you out and your relationship with God. This is why it's so important that we have other brothers and sisters in Christ, people who are following after Jesus. It's not about being a perfect group of people or being around perfect people. It's around being people, being around people who want to follow after God and who are going to have your back. God designed us to look out for one another. See, as much as you need someone else in your life, someone else needs you in their life. Did you catch it? As much as you need somebody, someone needs 
you. This is how God designed our Christian walk and Christian faith. It's not just about being needed by someone, that someone else needs you in their life. They need you to show up. Hebrews 3 paints this incredible picture for us. Starting in verse 12, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Take care of yourself, right? Turning you away from the living God. But you must warn each other every day while it was still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and, and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God, just as firmly when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs in Christ. Did you even catch what it was saying here in the end? It's even telling us that, yeah, when you first come to relationship with Jesus, it's a little easier to have that relationship, that excitement, that newness. It's all there. We've been talking about it every week. But it's telling us that if we're faithful to the end, saying that it's going to be a process, that it's not going to be easy, that you're going to be tested, you're going to be tried, that this faith walk that you have with God, it will be challenging. But did you catch it here? That we've got to warn each other. We've got to have each other's back, that we need each other, that you need to be in someone's life and someone needs you to be in their life. You ever thought about it that way before? That as much as you need someone to help you, there's someone who is waiting for you to help them. That it's not just simply about saying who's here to help me, but in this Christian faith, in this Christian walk, that we need to be there for others, that we need to extend our hand. The Bible right here in this passage warns us that our heart can be turned away from God. That this isn't something that we have to hide or, or not talk about or process or that's taboo to not talk about people being challenged or struggling in their faith. The Bible says it right here that our hearts can be turned away from him. And this is why it's so important that we're in relationship with each other, that we've got to warn each other, that we've got to let each other know. Matter of fact, we watched a, a video some time ago, and I'll give you bonus points later today or this week if you look it up. It's called The Battle of Kruger. And it's a video that shows some lions who are coming to hunt, and they're going to take out this poor little calf. But then something amazing happens. They do isolate him. They do get him by himself. But then the rest of the herd turns around. They're like, no, you know what? Not today, lions. And they take him on. Maybe you've seen it before. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've not, go ahead and look it up. Battle of Kruger. We'll probably go ahead and put it in the comment section for you to watch sometime by yourself. Take a look at that because it's an image of what God has designed us to do that he has called us to look out for one another, knowing that the enemy wants to take us out, that knowing that he's trying to isolate us and get us alone. And I've seen this so many times when people make a decision to walk away from God, when their faith is challenged, when they no longer feel like following him, many times it's because they've become isolated and they're without that true relationship. Because here's what's true. When you are in a relationship with someone, then when you are in accountability with someone, they can call you out and you're going to take it to heart. If you're not in a relationship, if you don't care what that person says, they can call you out. Hey, you know what? Well, you're kind of struggling. I, I don't know if that's the right thing. I don't, that might not be the right decision. That doesn't, your heart's kind of not in the right place. You're not really following after God. And see, if you're not in a relationship with someone, it's like, well, who are you to judge me? And you don't care. You don't know me. And you're not my dad, right? <laughs> Whatever it is, we tell people. But when you're in a relationship with someone, you care about what they say. We care. Some of you were like flashbacks right there when I was talking about, you're not my dad. Some of you like flashback to like teenagers, like living it all over again. 
But see, when you're in a loving relationship with someone, just like a loving parent, when they call out their kid for doing something wrong, why do they call them out? Because they hate them? No, because they want them to be a better person. They want to fix that character issue. They want to help them be better. They want to help them to overcome that sin, that pattern, that thing that just is probably not really great. And the same thing is true as brothers and sisters in Christ, that when we are living for God, when we're trying to follow after him, that we can lovingly support one another. It's not about pointing each other's sins and faults out and telling each other what terrible human beings we are. No, it's in love that we care enough about someone. And when you know that they care about you and they have your best interest in heart, they're not trying to call you out to tell you you're a terrible person. They want to call you out because they want to let you know, I know you love God. I know you're trying to follow after him. And those actions and those decisions probably aren't the best thing to be doing. And when we understand that we're in relationship and that people love us, we can accept that from them. And we can allow it to grow us and build us. See, we need people but we don't need just any people. It's not about accidental relationships. It's not about the people that we just randomly run into in life, the people in your class, the people on your street, the people who are on your kids' sport teams or whatever it is. That we have to be intentional about being around relationships and building up relationships with people who are trying to follow after God. See, it's a big difference. So how, how do we get practical with this this week? How do we really unpack this and begin to do some things that really help us out with this? How can we begin to realize how important relationship is and that we can't do this Christian walk alone? Well, I know this first one is probably going to really shock you and you're not going to believe that I'm going to say this. And if you've been around Treeline before, you've probably never, ever heard me or anyone else talk about this before. But you need to get into a small group. <laughs> like the most anticlimactic point of any sermon ever in the history of sermons. But you've got to be in a small group. It is a great first step. Why do we tell you this all the time? Because it's so important. It's not because I love to hear myself talk about small groups. No, it's not. It's because you need to be in a small group. You need to be in relationship. It's not just simply about being in a group with people just for the sake of being in a group. It's because we need people. We want to build relationship. We want to have an opportunity for you to connect with people and get involved. And, and maybe you're like, I don't need a group, but have you thought about it this way? Maybe there's someone in a group that needs you. Maybe there's someone who maybe needs you to be in their life, to encourage them, to speak into them, to help you grow. And here's what's amazing, and I've seen this time and time again, that the more we give of ourselves and the more we help other people in their faith journey, it's like you can't give enough of yourself away because God just is this amazing thing in his kingdom and this relationship with him. And the more that you do for others and the more that you help grow others, the same thing will happen. It'll begin to grow you. It'll begin to build your faith. It'll begin to build your trust and your, and your understanding of who God is. And so it's so important to get into a group. Get on the Church Center app. They're all listed right there. They're meeting online right now. Go to the website. If that's too much, send us a message on social media, email, whatever it is. We would love to see you in a group. The second thing that you can do is just begin to pray with someone. Maybe you've never done this before. Maybe with a spouse, maybe with a family member, maybe someone in your small group. Don't be intimidated about it. It doesn't have to be something elaborate or long or drawn out, but just find someone to begin to pray with. Begin to share some things. Here's what I'm going through this week. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what's on my plate. Here's where I need some grace. I'm going to just really come unhinged and hurt this person. I need you to pray for me that I don't end them, right? You, know? you just need someone who's praying with you. I hope you didn't take a look at anyone just now when I said that, that you're not feeling about anyone that you're quarantined that way. 
But I just want to encourage you, pray with someone. Maybe just, just take the time on a regular basis. Just begin to pray, share those needs, lift those needs up together. Just pray and encourage one another. Speak that grace and that, that love that God has and make a big difference in our relationships. And the next thing you can do is to engage in a faith community. Attend church. You're like, well, we can't attend church now, Ryan, because we're all quarantined and no one can go out and do anything and my hair looks crazy and I haven't had a haircut in two months and I don't know and the kids, I don't even know the last time they bathed and we can't, we can't go, but you can still engage online. You can still attend and watch on Sunday mornings or whenever you can during the week. You can still engage and be in a small group. You can still engage. And this is not going to be a forever thing, friends. And some of you just needed to be tuned in to hear that today, that this will come to an end, that life will return, that we will get through this. But I want to encourage you to engage with a faith community. Next one is simply this, surround yourself with people who are trying to follow after Jesus. Be intentional about your relationships. Find a group of people who are trying to follow after God. Maybe if you're a young married couple, find another young married couple who are trying to follow after Jesus. Maybe you've got young children, same thing. Maybe you're a retiree, same thing, find some people. Or maybe even it's the opposite. Maybe you're a young couple and you find some empty nesters and you begin to hang out with them. It doesn't matter if you're in the same demographic or if it's the same age group. It just matters that you're around other people who are trying to follow after Jesus. Next point, take ownership. You've just got to own this. You cannot put this in coast. You can not put this in neutral. This is just not going to happen organically just by osmosis that boom, one day I'm in relationship. This is so true of every relationship. You will only get out of the relationship which you put into the relationship. And the same thing is true with our relationship and our spirituality that you've got to put effort into it. You've got to take ownership. You've got to engage. You've got to register for the group. You've got to reach out to the person. You've got to put the invitation out to pray. You now have to follow up with that person and then pray with them. Whatever it is, you've got to take ownership. The last point is this. See, at this time, you can be socially distant, but don't be relationally distant. Come on, someone. Don't be, you can be socially distant. You can stay distant from one. You've got that six feet. You've got your mask that you're wearing on your face, whatever it is, but you don't have to be relationally distant. You can pick up that phone, you can send that text, you can call, unless you're the person that never calls, because then if you call, then they're going to freak out and think something's wrong. Why are you calling? You never call. Something must be wrong. Um, you ever done that before? That's something fun to try sometime. You know, call the person you only text, and they'll be like, what was wrong? Why did you call? Isn't it funny? Can't call someone <laughs> unless something's wrong. Don't be relationally distant. FaceTime with someone, call, reach out, shoot a text, be the church, support each other, go out of your way, build some relationships, build some connections, even now during lockdown, that you can build connection relationship with other people. Be socially distant, but don't be relationally distant. There's too much technology at our disposal today where we can still build relationship with each other. As we conclude today, I just want to remind you that if your faith has been shaky, if you have found yourself maybe out of relationship and connection with others and it's really caused you to maybe grow weak in your faith or really kind of just not sure what you feel or believe anymore, I want to encourage you to not stop there. I want to encourage you to, to get into relationship and connection. But wherever you're at on that spectrum, please hear me say it again, that God loves you and he wants relationship with you. And he's not mad or angry at you. He's not disappointed in you. That he wants nothing more than to have a relationship with you. 
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the love that you have for us, that you cared so much about us, God, that you sent your son Jesus to have relationship with us, to give his life so that we could have an invitation to follow after him. God, I pray, Lord, that we would hear this challenge today and that we would begin to make a practical step of getting in relationship with others, recognizing that, God, for our relationship and for our faith to stay strong, God, that we have got to have relationship with other people. God, help us to make that engagement. Help us to do the things that we need to do to take ownership, God, to be around other people, to be intentional with this, God. I thank you. God, that you have called us to be in relationship with others. Lord, I pray that we would be a church that goes out of our way to not just think about ourselves, but God, to be aware of others around us. And God, to realize as much as we need others, God, that others need us. God, I thank you. And Lord, today I just even pray a special prayer. God, I pray and lift up every single person who is believing for someone who is yet to say yes to Jesus, or maybe at one time they were following after God and they walked away. God, I just pray right now. And God, I even pray right now for even the moms who maybe have a little bit of a heaviness on their heart this day, even just feeling that ache and that pain and just knowing of just that that, that grief of having a child that is far from you. God, I just pray for every single person. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would do a work in people's lives and do only what it is that you can do. God, I pray that you would just draw people close to you. God, I just pray that you would open up highs, that you would soften hearts, God, that you would provide opportunities for people to encounter and experience you. Lord, I even pray for people who are listening or watching to just be bold to share their faith and their experience with others to encourage them to have a relationship with you. God, we thank you and we give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, today, as you're watching, as we wrap up today, we want to give you an opportunity, extend an invitation to you to make the best decision you could ever make. See, if you've never said yes to relationship with Jesus, you are missing out. You ever hear the FOMO before, the fear of missing out? Well, see, if you've not said yes to relationship with Jesus, you are missing out on your best life. See, God sent his son Jesus to, to forgive us because we can't do it on his own. And he came to reconcile us so that we can have a relationship with the Father. And yes, the, so one day we can go to heaven and not hell. But it's so much more than that. That God came that we can experience this life to the fullest. He came that we can have this incredible life that he has for us. But it only comes when we surrender our life and our will to him. So if you're here and you want to say yes to relationship with Jesus, we're just going to ask you to pray this simple prayer. And all you've got to do is believe in your heart that you're surrendering your life to him, saying, God, I can't do it on my own. God, I need you to come into my life. God, I'm trying to, trying to just do this and carry this on my own. Maybe you feel a little bit like me trying to get that TV on your wall. And you're like, that's my entire life. Well, God has not called you to do life alone. He sent his son Jesus to do life to partner with you to help carry the load of life. Just simply repeat after me with this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to follow you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Friends, if you said that simple prayer today, something that we like to remind people every single week is that they are throwing a party in heaven. That's right. The Word of God says that even one person, just one, comes to a relationship with God. And maybe that's you today. All of heaven is rejoicing. So if you could help us out, we want to help you make some next steps in becoming a follower of Jesus. Just simply text the word REJOICE to 970-00. And we just want to get with you and help you make some next steps because it's the the first step of becoming a lifelong follower after him. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.